Anita, how's your mental health? <laughs> Questionable <laughs> at all times. You know this. Yeah. How's the mental health of your children? Um, also a little bit tricky. Can I tell you my experience in trying to find therapists for myself and my kids, Mel? Yes, please. Okay. This is how it goes. You ask around your friends and your family for a referral for somebody who's nearby. You finally find somebody who sounds like they might work for your family. You give them a call and you find out that A, they're not accepting new patients or B, they have a huge wait list. So you start over again and you ask people if they know anybody who would be a good therapist and a good fit. Finally, you find one, you go and you meet with them and you figure out that you don't actually like them that much. But it's been so much work to find somebody who you can go to in your area that you're kind of stuck with them. Well, do you have any ideas for how to get around this? Um, I do, because guess what? I've actually had some therapists that I have found on my own, which involves what you're saying. Sometimes I remember one time I was like three hours in the bathtub on my phone looking through yeah. websites. I was such a prune at the end. But I have also had the experience with working with BetterHelp and it was like, I, I don't want to say too good to be true, but because it is true, but it's like amazing because I was matched with my therapist within 24 hours. And you didn't have to go through all of that other ridiculous process of trying to find somebody. And here's the cool thing too, is if that person didn't work out for you, you can just switch and say, and it's not like you're committing to another years long search for somebody who you're going to jive with. It's true. And I lucked out or maybe just BetterHelp is really good at matching people together because I never had to change my therapist. I loved her. Perfect fit for me. And I know that some of our friends have used BetterHelp and they've had to change therapists and boom, same day can change. Easy peasy. You can ghost your therapist. <laughs> Get a new one. I love this idea. BetterHelp is one of our sponsors. If you use our promo code, trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN, you get 10% off your first month and we totally recommend it. Yes. Get some therapy. That's <laughs> trybetterhelp.com slash WWDN. Mel. What? Universe is asking us to talk about something. What are we talking about today? So I want to know your thoughts on the difference between self-care and being selfish. Oh, it's so hard. Why did you ask me this? Why? Because the universe is telling us to talk about it. Okay. I have, I have been thinking about this just in my own head. And then in the last um, couple days... A friend posted something about it on Facebook, and then you actually sent something to me. You just liked the graphic, but the topic of the little graphic was this. And I was like, Mel, I want to talk about this. And you were like, oh, I just like the graphic. So, so the universe is haunting you, basically. The universe is telling us to ask this question. This is such a hard line to decipher, I think. Hey, Why? Because they're both in the looking at the self and addressing needs mm -hmm. category. However, is there a line where you can cross it? And when you end up kind of going down into the territory of selfishness yeah. and not progressing, that's what I think. Um, so he, let me just kind of like tell you 
because I have a feeling that when people hear this, there's going to be like a little bit of like, <gasps> no, self-care is not selfishness, right? And I feel like at this point in time in our society, we're preaching a lot of self-care, right? Yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But is there a point where if we just take care of ourselves and our own needs, that we stop helping the people around us or we don't serve people who need to be served. I have been thinking about it in these terms. If everybody was just taking care of their selves, their own selves and their own needs, then the people who have been instrumental in helping me right after Jason died would not have been available. And that's kind of like, oh, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And we tend to get in our widow heads and think, well, of course I don't have time for that. I'm a widow. I have all of these problems. And we forget that everybody has demands and problems and schedules. And so I was thinking, well, that's kind of arrogant of me to assume that I don't have time, but other people have time for me. And then I went in this whole like, and then you exploded. Yes. And then did you go eat nachos and self-care in the shower? (laughs) No. And then feel selfish? Do you know what I did? What? I called my sister. The life coach? Uh Uh-huh. I read the article that my friend had posted and I listened to a podcast about it. um, And I just tried to gather information and also ask the universe why it wanted me to talk about this. Excellent. So I'm going to let Scotty out because he's like licking himself. <laughs> Ow. No, you're going out. You're going out. He's like, no, I'm not. He's hiding. <clears throat> Scotty, it's just gross. Nobody wants to hear that. No. This never happens. It's always me who has to leave and go take care of a crazy child who's licking themselves. So, Okay. One topic I want to talk about is when we are in that zone of barely surviving, Mm -hmm. that's different than when we are probably capable of taking some steps forward and thriving. Yeah. What do you think? I think the hard, I think where this all comes down to is asking ourselves honestly where we are. And I feel like it's kind of a paradox and there has to be a balance because of course, there are times where we really aren't capable of doing anything except for surviving. Um, And there's also a balance of, like you were saying before, growing and stepping outside of yourself and trying to to do more. Yeah, I remember for sure the first year for me, maybe the first year and a half, two years, I always had the question of if I don't go do this thing, is that beneficial for me because it's in the in the category of self-care? Or is it something that's going to trigger me? I'm dealing with major PTSD and and major issues here. And and I think it's easy to be confused about those things because it's also case by case. Is there a formula for this? I personally don't think so. It's so annoying, but I don't think there is either. Yes. Because just like you're saying, 
but my brain, when you're talking about it also went to, but there are certain things that are responsibilities that have to happen. So if you don't do it, are you passing that responsibility to somebody else? For instance, at work, if you're not able to go to a meeting or something, or you can't attend a function, does that mean that somebody else has to pick up your slack? And so where does it cross from the line of taking care of yourself to putting Burning. a burden on others? Oh, why did you ask me that? There's no answer. And just to make this even harder, some people really struggle with having help in the first place because they feel like they're not good enough or that they're failing if they need help or they don't want to put people out. And so it goes both ways, like accepting help but then not sucking the life out of everybody around you. Yes. I know for me, there have been times where, cause I follow in that second category where it was really hard for me to accept help. Mm -hmm. And then I was worried that I would get so used to accepting help that I wouldn't move forward. Yeah. And I always tried to be cognizant of it, but also I felt like I was at the mercy of my body or I was at the mercy of my grief. And I just didn't even know. And it is hard. Like I, I never would want to put somebody out because I was unable to do something. However, there was a lot of times that I was unable to do something. And, and I tried to always gauge, for example, here's one of them. I needed major help. I needed like basically suicide watch for me for six months. And so we had a schedule of people staying with me and I watched the toll that that took on my mom and my friend because they yeah. were the ones that were the most consistent. And I, I remember feeling so bad and so helpless that then I was like, I'm a burden on these people. And, and I was already kind of in that, you know, suicidal category and yeah. I didn't know what to do. And I felt like just such a burden and it was hard. And, and I know that, um, for sure my friend too, I know that she talked to another friend and they were talking about helping me. And my friend said, yeah, I want to be there for her. I also don't want to make it so it's a crutch for her so that she can't start moving forward and doing doing things for herself. So it's hard. This is just one of those things I think that requires discussion. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the other side of that, there have been times where I have self-cared so much because then I got comfortable with it <sighs> that then I just played Nintendo for like a week, you know, yeah. remember when I played Harry Potter Lego forever, it was like yes. a goal. It was in my list of goals. So yeah, it's, it's some things that I have thought about when considering this is that, um, so the definition of selfish is to do things that benefit yourself without consideration for others. So there's ways to take care of yourself but not be a jerk to others, except for that. I think in the very pits, pits, uh, in the very bottom, in the grief, the very deepest of the grief hole, this is not getting any better. The pit of despair, the perhaps? pit of despair. There is a time where maybe you are completely selfish, but not selfish in a negative way selfish because you can't do anything else 
Does that make sense? Like you might be jerks to people. You might think about your own needs over everybody else's needs and not have any thought for anything except for your own survival. And so by definition, that's selfish, but not in the same, like you're not doing it to be a jerk. If that made sense. Did that make sense? Sort of. Yeah. I also sort of. have a thing. What about if you are in a position where you require lots of help and because you are so self-centered on you feeling unworthy of these people that are very being very kind, helping you. What if you are so focused on yourself, not being able to appreciate that, that therefore you yes. don't appreciate what they're giving you? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of the same, same idea. Like you're not doing it consciously or to be rude, but by the very definition, yes, you're being selfish. And I, I worry that people are going to be like, she's calling me selfish. I'm not saying that you're consciously being selfish, but you are looking out for your own needs and maybe don't have the capacity at that point in time to, you know, consider other people's feelings. We each have 24 hours in the day though. Right. And I think that not a lot of people would argue the fact that when you're a widow, you perhaps have more things that you have to get done by yourself because there's not somebody else to help you with those, those tasks that you used to be able to separate. And I think we do have to choose wisely what we use our emotional and our physical and even just our time for, and we have to be mindful of how we choose to spend all of those commodities. And so I think we just have to ask ourselves questions as we're making and be really mindful as we're making those decisions. One topic that's come up in our Widow Wives Club, and this might sound trite initially, but it's about, should I send thank you cards for everybody that gave me flowers or donated for me for the funeral? And it's kind of divided. What do you think, Anita? Oh, I did not send gift I, thank you cards to everybody because I was at my capacity just being alive at that point in time. And I had to, the thing that pulled me to do it was more societal because I felt like all of those people who gave to me or supported me did not expect a thank you card. And they wouldn't, somebody even jokingly in the club said, you know, if, if they're upset that they didn't get a thank you card, they can ask me for a refund. You know, I don't think anybody would, would ask you for that because they realize just how terrible it is. But, you know, we, we want to give our thanks and, and we would in, in, in perfect circumstances, yes, we would all love to thank the people who have supported us, but these are not normal circumstances. And I think that almost everybody who gives money to a widow or flowers would not say, oh, I did it for the thank you card. Do you think? I hope not. Yeah, I I hope so. I mean, I would hope so too. (laughs) I'm sure there are people who are upset when they don't get a thank you card, but here are here are the realities we are all here living on the planet with a physical body and we only have so much capacity 
Yeah. There's only so much we can do. And sometimes things become so overwhelming that sometimes we cannot write a thank you card or we have a little bit of energy left and we spend it on self-care instead of something else. And, and also we are being helped by others and it requires a relationship. A relationship is a two-way street. And sometimes when somebody is in trauma, they are not able to give equally to the person, like the person that um, is caretaking is. And so I think these are important discussions. There are no hard and fast answers. They're They are just topics that require discussion because it it can be different from day to day, from person to person. I think it's different from, for every situation too. I mean, my situation is different than your situation, even though we're two widows Um, and our situation might not be different than maybe a single mom or, you know, somebody else might not have the title of widow, but they might have similar struggles and difficulties. Something that I've been trying to think about to kind of make myself feel better is to think about life in seasons, you know, and this is a season in life where I don't have much to give to those around me. I just don't. And um, one of my priorities is to take care of myself because I realize that if I'm on empty, my car's not going to run, you know, and I have to, I have to just take care of the things that you know like I teach my kids there's needs and there's wants there's have to do's and there's nice to do's and right now we're focusing on the have to do's and if you don't give yourself um, a little love and care then those have to do's can't even get done because you're on empty if that makes sense but I try and imagine that at some point in time I will have the capacity to give and I hope that I will realize at that time that my capacity is increased and I will choose to act on that and pay it forward to somebody else is my hope. Sometimes we assume that unless we had a huge life insurance payout, we don't really need to know anything about investments or even finances. But guess what? A little knowledge of finances is critical for all of us. Maybe your partner was in charge of that stuff, and now you find yourself making all the decisions. Maybe you're mad about that. Maybe I am. Nicole from the He's Gone But the Money's Not podcast is here to help. She tackles financial literacy by telling the stories of women and widows and finance experts and shares the lessons they've learned as certified financial planners. Whether you know a lot and feel confident in your financial decisions or feel unsure about all of that stuff, there is more to learn. Listen and subscribe to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast on all podcast platforms. This ad was paid for by Rock House Financial, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Here's a question for you since you posed this initial question to me. Yes. What are your personal indicators that you are self-caring too much? Or is that even a thing? I don't know. (sighs) (laughs) This is what happens when you surprise me (laughs) with these questions. Um, I, for me, it's a feeling of, I think that inside of my deep down within my nucleus, I feel like Anita, you could be doing better. That's what I feel is that there is somewhere inside of me, there is the thought that you could be doing more than you are. 
And I feel that way also in not just in self-care, but in a lot of areas where, you know, we tend to be like, oh, I'm a widow. I'm just going to let that slide. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to try and do anything extra. And there's also a feeling sometimes of like, actually, Anita, you've come a long way. You might be able to do a little bit better, like reading with your kids or, or things like that, if that makes sense. What's your answer to that? Can I turn it back on you? Sure. Okay. I you know? notice I'm very comfortable being lazy. <laughs> I'm very comfortable not leaving my basement. It's amazing. There's a Nintendo there and snacks. And dogs. And dogs. Like I have everything I need. <laughs> so I notice that I start feeling a certain way when I can tell it's been too much. And I'm going to use Nintendo as an example just because it's relevant Perfect. to my okay. life right now. That's like my major form of self self care right now. And I start feeling like I have no drive. I start feeling like I'm mm. more depressed. I start feeling just gross. Yeah. It's and so I've taken that as an indicator to me to 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 help me to know, okay, maybe that was too long. Maybe you should not have played for four hours. And I typically don't play for that long, but on the times that I have, I yeah. notice that I physically feel gross. I feel em emotionally and mentally dull. I mean, even, even in being a widow, you know. Um, the other thing too, is a lot of my spare time, I, I have to kind of go the opposite way where I need to self-care um, and not work too hard because I hyper-focus. I'm ADHD. I'm a creative. I have like so many businesses I'm wanting to do and burnout is real. And I can attest to this. She's like, oh, let's do this. And let's do this. And let's do this. And let's do this. Oh my gosh. Every day you guys like, I have an idea. I have an idea. This is this. She's like, hi. What? <laughs> and, and so all those things take time and energy. And I like it when people refer to emotional dollars. Mm -hmm. like, I have 50 emotional dollars and energetic dollars to spend today. And it's hard for me, but it's helpful for me to uh, think of it that way because I could work so much on these things and I'm like, yes, I'm doing good. I'm trying to move forward. And like now my mom and my friend don't have to put food in front of my face. Now I just don't care about eating and I'm still doing, the, you know, or I can get myself food. Um, I am making progress, but then so it's it's hard to not want to use work as a survival mechanism and and kind of as a a buffering that's exactly what i was gonna i was just gonna ask about that how do you know the difference between self-care and buffering or avoidance of doing things that need to be done or feeling feelings that need to be felt because 100 percent, i sometimes confuse the two i'm like oh i'm self-caring by playing candy crush no i'm not really that's not doing anything to add to me, that's just removing me from the world, basically. That's so a really good question. What's the difference between actually like caring for yourself and just wasting time? Why do you ask me these things? <laughs> They're hard. Okay. This was your idea, this whole podcast, whatever. It was. That's one <laughs> of my ideas. Hey, Anita, want to do this? <laughs> yep. And this and this and this. Um, first of all, this is tricky because that means we would need to look at these situations logically, emotionally, and mentally. 
And right now everything's in a big blob because we just are who we are, right? What I try to do is if it's something that my emotions or my mental state is going to skew, I write stuff down and I try to get it out of my head and I try to look at it so that logically I can see it with my own eyes, I can process it and then I can take a look at it. Now, do I do that every time? Of course not. I'm lazy. I'm a human on the planet buffering like y'all. But <laughs> like take the example Candy Crush versus I'm going to go listen to a podcast. For me, Candy Crush sometimes is because I'm bored and I'm like, I want to do something, but I don't want to just sit here and stare at the wall and I don't want to work. And so I'm actually okay with buffering. I don't think buffering is always bad. Like sometimes you do need that to kind of get your bandwidth back. And, but for me, if that goes too far and then I spend two hours on Candy Crush, that's where I have I've to never done that. that. I haven't Ever. either. That's because I can't even get that many moves. Like I can't pass that many levels consistently. <laughs> but then maybe there's something when when I hyper focus, it's scary. It's like I can get so much done in such a short amount of time. And and I notice that it's detrimental to my brain. I start noticing that I'm not reaching out to friends or people and I'm ignoring people. And I I I to be fair, have to do that anyway, if I have to get anything done. So I have drastically decreased that. So I'm saying yes to myself, but no to them. But it's hard because it's like, well, I can get a lot of stuff done, but then I'm going to be a recluse. And so I find for me personally, I'm always in a constant state of assessing, checking, writing stuff down. I write down a lot of things. Um, that's It's good to have a therapist. I also have a life coach. So um, help having others that I pay to help me see what I'm doing wrong or if I'm thinking of stuff wrong okay. is helpful. Like, and I remember telling my therapist that after Scott died, I go, I don't feel like I am capable of making good decisions for myself. So I'm going to tell you all my information and, and I you make the decision for me. <laughs> You're going to be my brain until I can be my brain again. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, I think in this whole conversation, I hope that people aren't hearing that we are being down on self-care because I don't think either of us are trying to say that self-care is unimportant we're just I trying to self-care I know we're just trying to be introspective and saying are we self-caring like we need to but also stretching ourselves and I think all of us realize that giving a little of ourselves to other people is also um, it builds us up right and it's like if you believe in karma you want to put that out into the universe because you want it back also, right? So there's kind of this balance between cocooning and doing only the things that you need to and also reaching out and trying to do good in the world also and to help others like people are helping you. And so we're not at all saying like self-care bad. One of the articles I read was like self-care bad. So are you serious? Mm-hmm. Like any self-care bad? Um, It was just saying that like, if in our society as a whole, we've turned to caring for ourselves before others. And therefore we've stopped being caring for, you know, if everybody only somebody is pounding on my door, stop it. If, oh my goodness. Did you hear that? Something really needs to charge. It is an emergency. 
<laughs> the tablet is dead. Anyway, it was just saying that in society, we've turned to person first. Like I have to take care of myself. And so we've kind of lost that, like take care of each other mentality. And that's detrimental to society when we don't have each other's backs. But then if you only have everybody else's backs, you are yes. out. Yeah, I, oh, I really have a hard time with very, very black and white articles mm -hmm. like that. I don't think that that's a good way to approach life. I'm being black yeah. and white about it. But yes. yeah, <laughs> I've had times in my life, like you were referring to seasons. I've had seasons in my life where I needed to self-care and mm -hmm. everybody knew the reasons why. And so I didn't get a lot of pushback. I've had seasons in my life where I needed to self-care and I did get pushback from it because I was being said I was selfish. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Scott, in the ether somewhere. <laughs> he thought, yeah, once sometimes like, I mean, I have, uh, I have an autoimmune situation going on and so i could give my energy to work and then i would be home and then it was so hard like to do anything else and i don't think he really understood you know i'm sure yeah. now as he's haunting me he gets it but he would chide me for self-caring he's like you self-care all the time and i'm like i know i need some I help know. but it was actually a good indicator to me that i needed to look at my schedule and see if i needed to manage things better and then I've had seasons in my life where I only gave and gave, and actually it was years, which is why I have the autoimmune issue that I have, because I did give too much. So it's personal for everybody. Everyone's situation is different. Everyone's energy is different. And everybody has different emotional dollars, a different amount. Some people are rich. Some people have two pennies. They're, they're poor young widows. Oh, yes. <laughs> what do you guys think? comment below tell yeah, us part, part of the reason i wanted to ask this question is because i wanted to hear from our listeners and our audience how you decide what's too much and what's enough and and how you spend your emotional dollars also so let us know and don't yell at us thank you <laughs> uh i'm anita <laughs> i'm mel two young widows and we're just trying to figure out widow we do now okay, i'm gonna go self-care right now just kidding in the tub with nachos no mm, gosh it's an emergency my ipad needs to charge this is my favorite thing to discuss with you Tell me, what well, is it? One of my favorite things. I do enjoy tacos and cheese and dogs. This is about how you cannot pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars for a phone plan, especially when you're a widow, your person is dead, you might have kids, you might need another option, and you just want your phone to work, you want unlimited texting and service, and you want it to be like 25 bucks a month. It blows my mind that they have plans that start at $15 a month. That is so cheap. And the cool thing is, is it uses other 5G networks. And so you don't have to pay extra for that. And you still get great service. Yep. Anita and I have traveled all over and I have used my phone. So I highly recommend it. And my mom's even on it. When my dad died, we put his phone down to the cheapest plan, which is $15 a month. And I think my mom's on the $20 a month plan and it's so worth it. It's so much cheaper than what we were all paying before. So I highly recommend it if you're on a budget or not, who cares? Ryan Reynolds is in charge of the company and they send you free stickers with Ryan Reynolds temporary tattoos. It's kind <laughs> of the best. So. 
If somebody wants to sign up, what can they do, Anita? Go to trymintmobile.com slash WWDN. Seriously, you guys, such a great idea. Save yourself some money. And if you're worried about losing data or having any changes with your phone, not going to happen. They walk you through it. Everything's fine. It's the easiest process of all time. Again, that's trymintmobile.com slash WWDN.